0: Nice and really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sanstum. Somebody
1: better help Sanstum. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions.
0: You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it.
1: Oh, my. Did Mick plant one on c card Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning. Who's he going to go after? The butt drops and are the butt goes Right take.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special midweek edition of Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box. Uh, so as you know, if you're uh, familiar with the show, I generally uh, post the episodes on Mondays, generally post them with uh, with a player who's played for the Islanders or played in the minors. But honestly, this may be the most important episode I've ever done. So this is episode 39, and my guest today is a fellow Queens, New York native named Matt Caputo who uh who has a very important uh um event going on this saturday in danbury and we're going to get into all that but uh first of all matt thanks for coming on the show i appreciate it
1: joe thanks for having me on the show i i it's 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 really flattering to be to be invited on i'm a fan of the show i'm a i'm a hard luck islanders fan from way back at this point so uh I, I, it's just really flattering, and, and personally, you know, uh, just to be on your show, a guy who's been such a hero for New York, uh, this is right up there with one of the best things that ever came out of the Mustache Classic, or, or this whole thing, so thank you, thank you very much.
0: Well, you're you're too kind, I appreciate that, thank you so much, so, uh, so let's get into it first of all, so uh, as you and I have discussed over uh, DMs and everything, we're both from Queens, so... Uh, I grew up. I grew up in Middle Village, and uh, we moved to Manspath for two years, and then we went back to Middle Village for one, and then we hit the island. And I started my freshman year of high school in Long Island. So, whereabouts are you from in Queens?
1: Well, it's a it's a very interesting question. I bet you know exactly where I live, Joe, or where where I grew up. Uh, anyway, I grew up on the block the last block of elmhurst that precedes maspeth it's right down the block from the old very famous elmhurst gas tanks you could see yes, them from yes. miles away so mm-hmm. i lived straight down the block that on down the block on grand avenue and 79th that faced the gas tanks and uh, that's a famous block for many reasons uh, they shot the jerky boys movie there shout out to my good good friend kamal ahmed Uh, uh, they shot, uh, Matthew Broderick movie, the night we never met on our block. Uh, so it's, uh, it was a fun block growing up, but I, I, I guess you could say, uh, you know, Elmhurst, Maspeth, I was always right there on the borderline of those two neighborhoods. And obviously where you're from middle village is right next door. It's kind of like that collection of neighborhoods. It's the same little league as a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah, so, so it's, uh, it's crazy all these years i had no idea where you were from and i don't even know how i figured it out i, I, I don't even know how i figured it out it was it was on twitter i forget what reference it was but
0: uh great to know you're from the area bro it's uh, fantastic well it's funny when you when uh when you just mentioned the uh the tanks I got a big smile on my face because, of course, everybody from the area knows those. And anyone that's listening that's from the area knows exactly. It's kind of like on a much smaller scale in terms of actual physical height. But it's kind of like telling someone on Long Island, oh, the Jones Beach pencil. Like everyone knows when you mention the Jones Beach Pencil out here, everybody knows what you're talking about. And when you mention the tanks to anyone in Queens, everybody knows what you're talking about. So, um, Absolutely. As soon as, you, uh, as soon as you mentioned that, I, I got a big smile on my face. I know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. So uh, so that's great. And I think I'm a little older than you. You're mid-30s, right, you said?
1: Yes, I'm in my mid-30s.
0: Yeah, okay. So I got, um, a, I got a few years on you. I think you said I'm around your sister's age, right?
1: I'm 30. Thirty-six. Uh I never tell anybody how old my sister is. So you just ask me one, one question. I'm not going to answer on 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 the record. All right. Uh, All right.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: But but uh, listen. Uh, yeah, I'm 36.
0: Okay. So, um, as far as hockey goes, uh, you grew up, and you're like me. You grew up in Queens. But you're an Islanders fan like I am. So uh, I always talk about, uh, you know, I'm a little older than you. So when I was growing up uh, as an Islander fan, one of the few Islander fans on my block, one of the few Islander fans in my public school, uh, it was a little bit different because they were in the midst of their championship years. They were just about to become champions. Then they they were champions. Uh, What was the team like when you were growing up rooting for them?
1: What, was it t- what were the Islanders
0: like? Yeah, what was it like being an Islander fan in Queens as you were growing up?
1: Well, it was pretty tough. It was pretty isolating, I guess you could say. Um, the Devils were on a tear. Uh, they started, well, they, well, the Rangers won a cup. The Devils started going on a tear pretty much after that as being a pretty dominant team, a pretty involved team. So I'm thinking that, when I was with the team, it was mostly Ziggy palfy You know, he was one of the bright spots, Marius Tchaikovsky, uh, the tough guys that were around at that time, uh, Rich Pelon. uh, Rich Pelon definitely had, uh, an effect on me becoming an Islanders fan because he was just so tough and rugged. And, uh, you know, he, 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 he kind of embodied what the Islanders wanted, um, from, from everybody, so I, I think that um, he he kind of was the toughest guy at the time. But then there were just, you know, then there were I mean Ken Ballinger. He was really tough, and that was another guy who I like. Brian McCabe. I was always a defenseman. I'm still a defenseman in my uh, my low level beer league playing <laughs> at this point. Uh, I'm still a defenseman. So um, it's uh it's really one of the tougher things to, to, to be an Islander fan. I, I actually addressed this kind of on my Instagram or, or on my uh, uh, one of the Instagrams and, and on Facebook recently. It was, it's kind of like, you know, watching the Isles get to the Eastern conference finals, you know, for the first time in however many years, I wasn't quite tuned into hockey the last time they went. Uh, but, you know, it it de- it definitely felt really good, man. After a lot of years of seeing a team struggle, after you know going to games and uh, kind of dis- just being disappointed with the outcome on home ice at times. But uh, you know, I-, I I try and always look at the positive and always see the glass half full. But uh, you know, there's there's only so much I can really really say in terms of how i felt when i saw the Isles in the eastern conference finals this year because you know you endure a lot as a fan and you look for the bright spots at at dark times and it was nothing but bright spots you know like there was nothing but bright spots really in that eastern conference finals run i mean yeah you know you love to go to seven games or whatever but the, the, the it was all it was all bright spots you know it was mostly bright spots
0: yeah no it's uh it's fun actually having a team on the rise after so many years of dark times and there really no hope, no hope and now you what i'm fond of saying is now you have adults running the show you have Lula Morello you have Barry Trotz, you have actual people that have goals in mind you have people who've won before and uh, it's nice to have grown-ups in charge and you know, last year you get to the the conference finals, and it's really just a stepping stone. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen coming up with COVID and all this other stuff. But um, you know, I really don't see them taking a step back, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. It it, it really ha- this season was a lot of fun, and and you like you say, I'm like you. You always try to look at the positive, and even in downtime, you try to find the fun parts. But Um, this season was a lot of fun, and I really just – hopefully they are going to start playing in January because I'm anxious to see them uh, up and running again. But I just don't see – I don't see them taking a backward step. I just see onward and upward. And this team, you know, the way way they're constructed now and the people in charge, they can compete with anybody.
1: Well, listen, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, like – the Islanders are in a have been in this weird limbo since the Brooklyn move and this and that. Look, at the end of the day, when the culture of the team changes, I think this is at this is this is a point when they could go on a serious run. You know what I mean? Like it's like you're going to get a brand new arena. Listen, free agents are I'm not a genius. I don't know everything about hockey and I, and you know, people could go off on a tangent, but If you have a new arena, a brand new place to play, this is going to be more attractive than splitting your games between an arena that wasn't built for hockey and an arena that, you know, it's just a little past its prime, kind of putting it lightly, out on Long Island. You know, and the Islanders are a great, great organization. They help us out with the Mustache Classic. And I I, I can tell you this, is that, you know, I'm really glad to see that the Islanders are firing on all cylinders. They have, they have so many good things going into place for them. So, so you know, you, have, you know community stuff to, to, to write down to being on the ice very, very one of the top competitive teams in the NHL, no, hands down. So that, that's basically uh, that's basically what that's basically what it looks like. And that, and that really, that really should help the Islanders. I think this new, you know, every time I drive by it, I'm like, look, this is just going to be, it's a new selling point. You know, you don't, you don't, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's the same thing, you know, when, when college basketball teams recruit kids to go to their school, you know, some people think it's like, yeah, they put them up in the dorms and they, nah, dude, you know, the, the major college basketball teams, they're putting you up at the Ritz-Carlton. They're bringing you, if they play in the downtown arena, they're bringing you to the downtown arena that's brand new to show you that, hey, you could be on the scoreboard in this downtown arena if you play your cards right. So, ultimately, what I'm trying to relay is that I, I, I think that this new arena, this new stadium is going to be fantastic, and, and that's going to draw people here. It's going to be a fun place to play again. You know, there, there's a lot going on in the NHL, especially with uh, salary cap and, and 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 different rules in terms of player compensation. That who, who knows if they're going to take a look at it in the next few years, but uh, I think Long Island is it's it's a great team right now, and soon it should be a fun, really fun place to play again.
0: Yeah, that's no question. I love. I don't drive past it often, but uh, when I do, I love seeing just how much progress they're making. It's so funny because you know, growing up in New York, everyone's seen their fair share of construction and uh, it never seems to really go very quickly. And yet with this arena, every time I drive past it, I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is really moving along here. It's humming along and and I love to see it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about your, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, um, not so much with the classic, but in terms of what you've done, I mean. Um, I, you and I first became aware of each other when you were working for Maxim, uh, what did you do for them and and what are you doing now?
1: Well, um, when I got, I I went to SUNY purchase and I studied journalism. When I got out of college, I went work directly in the magazine industry at that time. I started out kind of interning and then had some low level positions at the source. And I had a kind of a low level position at King and then I was kind of another. Uh, I was an editor, an assistant editor at Slam Magazine for a while. I think I finished off as associate editor. I'm not 100 percent sure. But uh, then I went to work at the Daily News for a while. And after that, I went to Maxim, which was a really cool uh, place to work. And I think I think we had you. We think we had you in Maxim, like in our MMA package for yeah, being you, like somebody.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody who trained and 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 and, and used their uh, used their training to for good use or whatnot. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. And then uh, listen, dude. I I worked around in a bunch of different magazines for a while after that. I uh, I worked at uh, Men's Fitness after that, and I, I did a bunch of freelancing. I wrote about hockey for the New York Times, uh, the Daily News. I wrote about hockey a little bit for. I did a lot of. A lot of like little side coverage for um, a lot of local stuff. New York Hockey Journal, uh, some some stuff for just some bunch of different websites. I've been around forever. I wrote a story about the Danbury Whalers for Penthouse. Uh, so I so I've been around. I've been around a lot of hockey. I've been a fan for a long time. Um, I started playing again. I was never a good player, but. Ten years ago, the Daily News sent me down to the Aviator, which I hadn't even really heard of at that point, to uh, to try out for what was then going to be called the the New York Aviators. It was like a semi pro team that played out of the Aviator. It's in uh, it's in Brooklyn, and uh, it was just a whole told the, the story was a total goof, but. Mm-hmm. I kind of really clung on to some of the stories of the guys in that league. And, uh, I kind of followed it. I still kind of follow the federal hockey league pretty closely, uh, these days. So, you know, I just been in, I've been involved in hockey for a long time now, uh, played in different, uh, you know, different types of tournaments and a bunch of different skates and, and leagues and stuff like that, especially in the last two years. So, uh, it's, uh, it's it's a part of my life that never went away. You know, I started playing as a kid in the neighborhood, roller hockey, like everybody else. I started playing with uh, some guys that are still pretty involved in hockey today. Uh, Mike and Rich Martocci. And then there were some other guys around Mike, Jeremiah and Mike Samella, who uh, they were also big hockey guys, like crazy, crazy for hockey. They all had all different types of equipment and, and all this stuff. So, i was uh i was pretty tuned in from a young age i I didn't really play in high school or anything but i always loved the game consider myself a kind of a beer leaguer nowadays you know
0: yeah i think the cool thing um you know listen i i've had my uh i've had my uh differences of opinion with uh certain things dealing with new york and everything but i do take pride in where i came from and when you and I were uh, messaging back and forth a, co- uh, a couple of days ago, and you were asking me, do I remember this? Do I remember that? And I don't remember any of it because I think because of our age difference, um, a lot of the stuff that you asked me about, I think came about after I left. And, and the good part about our conversation was to me, it just shows that the sport, you know, be it roller hockey or deck hockey or anything like that. It's, it had grown even from that point, you know, I moved, I was out here on the Island in 84 And that's probably around the time you were born, like 84, 85. So none of that, when I was younger, it was pretty much just street hockey, roller hockey type stuff. It wasn't a big, I don't think anyway, it was kind of a big thing organizationally, but the stuff you were asking me about that I remember this, that I remember that I didn't, but in a way it kind of made me feel good. Like, well, it progressed, you know, from when I was a kid, then I left and uh, a lot of stuff in, in Queen in the Queens area, uh, you know, hockey for, for kids, it's, it sounds like it's, it progressed and it sounds like it just keeps progressing even today.
1: Well, look, you know, um, one thing that people don't really get is that we're talking about Queens, New York and New York city, especially when you and, and I were growing up despite our age difference that we've been discussing, uh, You know there just weren't a lot of rinks. No, there weren't a lot of hockey rinks. That's right. There was one in Flushing Meadow Park. There was Iceland, which is really in Long Island. There was Abe Stark. There was Chelsea Piers, and really after that, the Bronx didn't have one that I knew of. Staten Island, the Staten Island Skating Pavilion. I don't know how long that place has been open, but it doesn't. It doesn't serve a huge purpose. It's a small complex. So, um, there just weren't a lot of ranks and a lot of people don't know. There's a guy, I mean, he's probably older than you now, probably definitely older than you now, but, um, Queens, New York only has one guy who ever played in the NHL. So, uh, it's, it's a small hockey community, but what I've been noticing in the last couple of years is that you're you're starting to see people that have raised their kids in the area. You know, I know uh, my buddy Danny McAdams, uh, his son is playing. I don't think he's playing for a team in the city, but uh, he is playing ice hockey and he is progressing up the ranks. I believe he's with a team out of Jersey. My other good friend, uh, Mike Jeremiah, his, I think his son and his daughters, or just one of his daughters maybe, are are playing with the i think they're with the new york city Skyliners over here and that's in the new rink in long island city now the long island city rink is probably about a mile from each of our respective maspith homes Mm -hmm. but uh, it's also another small place that only has one sheet so as the game grows and the ice time doesn't increase the available ice time doesn't increase the game actually, it's it's more of a neutralizing effect. You understand? Yeah. So the game is growing, and interest in playing is growing. You know, I think uh, a friend of mine, Joey DeGangie, um he he lives in Howard Beach now, but he has Mario's Meats and Deli on, on Metropolitan Avenue in Middle Village. Mm. Uh, I think that they put some synthetic ice in their backyard, or what or whatnot. But um, I think his kids are learning to skate in Long Island. I'm not 100% sure. So, again, a big thing with the game growing, growing the game, that's all good and well. But if if the people don't, you know, essentially try and raise the money, you know, uh, the game doesn't really grow. The game doesn't really grow without the ice time.
0: Yeah.
1: More ice time really means more access. So So, basically, we're at... We're at a community in Queens that has two rinks. Brooklyn has two rinks. Uh, Manhattan still, I mean, it's still mostly there at, uh, you know, they have some of the rinks in the parks and stuff, but it's still all pretty much Chelsea Piers. Mm. And then Staten Island has the Pavilion. So we're seeing an increase from 20 years ago, but if you compared it to other large cities, I think we're probably still behind. You know? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, and, and that's because that's the real estate is just so valuable. That That's where we are. That's where we are with, with, with the hockey scene today in Queens, as far as I could see it. Maybe maybe people have another perspective. But I just think that, you know, we need we – need, we, we should have a small rink in Rockaway. We should have a small rink maybe in Whitestone. You know, any place that's had a great history of roller hockey, we should also have – an ice rink uh j- just because you know it's it's that's one of the big things with the mustache classic is just getting the accessibility to create leagues and have skates where guys can play with each other and guys can get to know each other
0: you know absolutely so let's get on to the mustache classic so this year and it's this Saturday November 21st in Danbury and this is the mustache classic 2 so mustache classic 1 was last year if i'm if I'm not mistaken so just tell me uh how did this whole mustache classic thing come about
1: well I tell you Joe it's funny uh, we I had been talking about doing something with November the November Foundation for for ten years maybe you know what I mean maybe not ten something shy of, uh close to ten years at this point um you know i i i I have a good friend by the name of Joe Frankini. He's also from Maspeth. I grew up with him and uh, he's the owner of Crest Hardware in Williamsburg. And he, he's been a big supporter of this. And I, I played in his, he's got an adult soccer league that we had a lot of fun playing with. Uh, it's, it's a real social league where people like me stink and we just go out and kind of, kind of have beers after the game and stuff. And uh, everybody gets along usually. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, NYC footy, it's called. It's a great league. Uh, so, you know, I was always talking to him about maybe doing something with Movember. You know, I was like, hey, Joe, what could we do? Could we do it like this? And he was like, well, look, you know, he's like, the problem is I have playoffs and Thanksgiving and this and that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's we never got around to doing it. But uh, last year, I took a ride with a buddy of mine by the name of Wade Karshis. And we went up to Danbury and we just kind of went around town and we went to Westco and we went to, um, you know, we went to TK's American Cafe. It's the best wings in the world. And we uh, we went to the new the new Danbury Arena, which it's, it's the same arena, but it's, you know, the new ownership group in place. They've just done amazing things, bringing this this special arena, you know, kind of into a more modern uh, set up they've completely redone uh, I guess the mezzanine of the Lobby they've installed an arcade uh, They've um, They've they've got A new bar Coming on the second floor of the arena They opened up a beautiful luxury box They've renovated all of the locker Rooms and this is really only The beginning the ice has been upgraded $100,000 into the ice alone So it, it Just seemed like a good time uh, You know to get involved in trying to bring a beer league event to danbury as you know joe maybe some of your listeners don't uh danbury's a very special hockey community i mean if you're if, you, if you're going to exaggerate the new york city area it's 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 probably the true hockey community of the of the greater new york city area of driving distance to new york city and uh it's it's Danbury is uniquely owned Uh, uniquely, Danbury is uniquely uh, its own hockey town. So it's uh, it it was a no brainer for me. You know, we have a lot of guys, uh, Joe, in our league. I've got guys that play in our league. The the one that I play in in Brooklyn. Some of these guys are from Alabama. Some of these guys are. Some of these guys are from England. Some of these guys never played a lick of hockey in their lives. Some of these guys haven't had any experience with hockey outside of the NHL. So when I brought them up there and you go to TK's and you see all of the staff at TK's has T-shirts with the Danbury Hattricks uh, pro hockey team logo on them. And you go to, you know, we you go to charter Oak brewery uh, where they've been so good to us. And uh, you, you, you see that, you know, people are coming in with caps on and hoodies from the team, so it's it's a place where you know you get that full blown. It's almost like you know being probably in in some of the small hockey towns in Canada. Everybody seems to care, and everybody locally is invested in the team. And it's not a very you know particularly high level of hockey, uh, you know, in on the on the professional food chain that is. So it's 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 a great experience up there, and you know we just started to put it all together. You know, we said, can we do this? Can we do that? And uh, first people we spoke to was uh, Champion Elevator, and they've just been a, a a godsend in every single way. You know, they've uh, they've allowed us to they've they've allowed us to get the resources, which means what? It means their dollars, their money. Uh, it, it, they've given us the wings kind of to get the thing off the ground. And, uh, the commitment is very strong for them for, for these important issues. And, uh, you know, but, but it goes up and down the line, Joe, it really does. It. It's people like you that want to give whatever they can. And the next person who says, you know what, I'd like to get my business involved with the mustache classic. They're doing good things for Movember. Uh, it, it, you know, it's guys that have, you know, special skills like Tolik ports from, uh, all true night, where they make these custom special masks that are made out of different different materials, and uh, you know, involved with uh, personal safety, so uh, personal protection. So it, it, we, we we've just had a lot of support across the board. You know, we had some some real estate people in the New York area, Zara Realty. Um, they heard that that we were doing something with this, and they felt passionate about being a part of it so it, it, it you know I, I i hate to i hate to hold up so much of your time but i could talk for days you know my own my own employers you know i work for um uh i work for the bqe media group and we own a bunch of newspapers in queens and now we just bought one in rockland county and you know they've pledged a lot of support you know they've made it possible for me to get a bunch of little things that would have normally cost us money. They they made it possible to share some of their resources. So it's uh, it, it 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 really has been a positive thing. And the goal the goal was let's let's use the Movember Foundation and this event to celebrate hockey and to celebrate uh, beer league hockey and uh, teamwork and uh, you know let, let let's use it to um, advocate for uh being a good community member and to kind of you know kind of use that network of teammates and friends to you know to lean on at tough times i know there's guys in my league that uh you know and and beyond guys that we've met through this joe that have you know you know some some of these guys are dealing with their own health and dealing with the health a lot of people are dealing with the health of a family member right now a lot of people are dealing with the um they're dealing with their own psychological response to maybe some of the lockdown and maybe some of the uh the the issues you know we're going back into the to the season that's typically um associated with seasonal acquired depression and things like that you know the dark the dark months so I, you know i i i just wanted to put something together where these guys in the beer league community found, uh, some of the things that I found, you know, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Joe, I was probably, Joe, I was probably never a leader in my life. It, at least it didn't feel like it until, until I got involved playing beer league hockey, you know, and I guess because, uh, I probably wasn't necessarily more athletic or more skilled than anybody, but I probably had a little bit of more experience and, and a pretty decent, uh, hockey IQ, and I was able to help some of the guys on my team that were new and, you know, uh, I was able to offer them tips and, uh, you know, there were things that, that I I was doing that, uh, there were things that I was doing that I didn't even see coming. You know, like I, I, even though I wear a cage, I wear a mouthpiece. I, I don't have the best dental insurance and I, uh, I, I also, you know, uh, I know, rocking your teeth—you can get concussed and stuff. And I'm the type of guy that I gotta work every day, so uh, uh, you know. And I—I I had a guy on the team eventually tell me he was like, "Hey, you know, I saw you were wearing a mouthpiece," and I was like, "I—that's a good idea. I started wearing it too," you know. So you don't—you don't know who looks at you as a—as as a leader or, or who's looking at your example. And I'll be honest with you, it it took me to pretty late in life. It took me into my thirties to, to, to see that if that was the case, you know, I kind of have to watch the things that I do that if somebody that's not looking that, you know, if somebody that I'm not sure is looking is, is, you know, watching the things that I do, then maybe, maybe I have to start, you know, making sure that I'm, that I'm always trying to do the right thing. You know, or, or I'm always or I'm always uh, I'm always trying to be the positive force. So, you know what? Uh, the, that's where we are with it, John. And I know that's
0: a mouthful. <laughs> oh, no, man, it's all listen. It's all good. I want, you know, um, the most important thing. And I know you've been making the rounds on some shows and everything, which I think is great. Uh, the important thing is to get the information out there, because people may listen to this show that, that don't listen to the other shows you've been on and and vice versa. So um, hopefully you're reaching some new people with this. And the important thing is to get, get the word out. So um, you take all the time you need. Um, So the, uh, the event is held in Danbury and obviously uh, for people like myself, who like the hockey fights and everything, you can't really mention Danbury without the trashers who were the team that they preceded the hat tricks, I believe. And, uh, Everybody knows the first, the first family of hockey in Danbury are the Galante family, Uh, and I believe you're friends with uh, with AJ and maybe the old man too. Correct? Uh, Actually, I'm really just friends
1: uh, with AJ. I I haven't met Mister Galante yet. Okay. But uh, I know that I know that uh, AJ has has run by, uh, you know, has, has spoken to his dad about what we're doing with the Mustache Classic, and you know, they. They wanted to get involved by um, making a pretty nice donation to the cause. It was really, it was really generous of them. So they're involved in that way. I'm hoping to have them down there to drop a puck. Uh, we are dealing with a ton of limitations right yeah. now yeah. in terms of, you know, in terms of all the uh, the restrictions and stuff. But I really do feel like uh, we've done a really good job of getting on top of 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 those things but yeah um aj and i actually met in the midst of this mustache classic thing and he just liked the idea that i was doing something in danbury and he invited me to come down to his boxing club which is just it's fantastic it's a it's a spectacle to behold and uh anybody coming to danbury should even at least go down there just to take a look at all the great artwork the graffiti art that's that uh that's on the building it surrounds the building so uh it surrounds the whole property and it it really is one of one of danbury's coolest corners if you just if you're up there and you take a look at some of the artwork that they have and the and the graffiti and stuff it uh it looks great and aj is done just as i as far as i could see a lot of good stuff for danbury in terms you know they they just had a guy coming out of their gym champs boxing gym uh uh, this guy Mike Marshall just picked up the New England heavyweight championship up in New Hampshire this past weekend. So AJ's doing a lot of good things up there and uh we we are hoping to do to do some stuff together and 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 figure out ways to work together but I'm just hoping that we can get through this weekend right now, you know.
0: Yeah, and I and I think uh one of the things in our discussions that I really admire about you is I really admire the drive that you have not just for this but it seems like you there's a lot of irons in the fire, it seems like you 're always thinking two steps ahead, and, and uh, that 's really admirable and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're it seems like you 're always looking to help people and uh, it 's not that you know most people have a lot of ideas and a lot of pe- and and, and i 'm not it 's not a criticism of them you know like people are looking to make money or do this do that, and i 'm sure you 're the same way, just like everyone else, but a lot of your ideas seem to uh with the genesis of trying to help others and i think something like the mustache classic is a perfect example you know the money raised goes to for men's physical and mental health which i I think the good thing is it seems like in the last 10 years or so mental health has really come into focus and uh the stigma is definitely a lot less than what it used to be and i think it's uh functions like this that that really uh really help out with that where you don't have to be afraid to say i'm having a hard time here and uh you know and chances are whomever you open up to might say, yeah, you know what? I know what you're going through. I mean, I know myself, um, you know, I've been out of work since, since May and, uh, I have good days and bad days and everything. And I'm not comparing myself to those who are really struggling with it. You know, uh, I'm pretty fortunate in that respect, but, you know, based on everything that happened to me 10 years ago, you know, I went through some, I went through some stuff too, uh, mentally, you oh, know, sure. when, when everything happened on the subway and, um, you know, I just think, I just think, um, what you're doing, it really needs to be brought out to the forefront and, uh, you know, and I'm not, I know you're not doing it for the accolades, but, uh, I think really, uh, what you're doing and what you've done and, and even, even something like last year, you put it together, you had no limitations. And now this year you're putting it together and I'm sure there's so many limitations, even something simple as, uh, how many people can attend. I'm sure last year you had a bunch more people that could go and watch. And this year, what kind of limitations uh, are you met with in terms of people that just want to stop in and watch? I I guess they can't do that this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I hate to break news on on a podcast, but it's really going to come down probably till what I'm told tomorrow morning. Uh, You know, listen, I told people at the beginning that there was a possibility that, that nobody could go. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we're looking at that now, you know, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be, uh, be honest with you. You know I mean? I, you know, this was just such a great thing for my own self and being able to have my, my own parents there, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, the guys, the guys that have these groups, you know, the, the new Haven Raiders, uh, Rick Ziegler, and mark weiss from the uh the staten islanders crew and uh you know uh brian Stedman, who, who runs my league in brooklyn uh we call it the bad league uh um you know the thing is these guys are responsible to so many people and they even have people that don't play that support them you know That, 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 that guys that, you know, they want to help do the clock or they want to, they want to contribute, um, in any way they can, you know what I mean? Uh, so at the end of the day, it is disappointing. What have we done so far? What I've done is I've tried to cover every single one of my bases. The food we're going to be offering is going to be outside. The games will move faster than any hockey games that have ever played. So we're hoping that the whole thing will be condensed into about three hours. Okay. Um, not that that makes a difference in being affected with COVID, but obviously we don't want people to linger. And, and we've ordered $400 worth of PPE and we were donated probably another $125, $150 more in PPE. I ordered, we ordered, we ordered 80 gators in all of the team colors so that when guys are sitting on the bench, they can pull their gators up. Many, many of the participants will be playing with a mask. Uh, We are limiting who's going to be able to come inside to a very select few group of people, most of which will serve a function Mm -hmm. as basically staff. So we won't have people inside drinking. We won't have people inside wandering around. Um, That's basically where we are with it at this point. Mm. It's 3 o'clock on Wednesday. It's 3.20. Uh, That could change in a heartbeat. But right now, we are all systems go until we hear otherwise. Joe, we only agreed to do this again because over the summer we were very impressed with the system that was put in place by danbury arena and that system that was put in place was going on a few phases behind where we are now so our thinking was even if phases rolled back we would still be able to do a tournament
0: You still there? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, like I said, uh, I think you've given a a ton of information. I think everyone that can get involved, I ask you to please get involved. So, Matt, give me all the important information. Give me websites. Give me social media. Please give it right now. uh, And everybody, I'll have links to all this stuff uh, in the episode description. But give me every piece of information that, uh, that people will need to... Uh, help out with this wonderful cause
1: Joe I want to thank you again for having me on really from the bottom of my heart it was it was flattering to come on and, and speak to you today you can reach us mostly through Instagram at mustache classic m-o-u-s-t-h-c-e classic and then We are mustacheclassichockey at gmail.com. If you want to send us a note, we're also mustacheclassichockey on Facebook. So if you need to reach us, that's the best place to get in touch with us. And I really, uh, if anybody has even a couple of pennies out there, give it. If not, don't worry. Just hit like, support us, um, do whatever you can to get involved. This is really for everybody. I'm hoping to have a way to get more people involved next year but the, the the truth is it's a pretty big uh, it's a pretty big rigmarole as it is right now, so we're gonna take it one day at a time.
0: Um, and is there and can people donate money, all the things you said there as far as reaching out to you, or is there a specific website where people can go to donate uh, money if they're able to do so?
1: Yeah, so if you go to movember dot and find our mustache classic team. You can donate directly to us. There's a link in our bio on our Instagram that you can donate directly to our mustache classic team. And you'll see your money posted right on Movember site. That's where all the money is basically being generated to right now. So with all that said and done, uh, again, it's, it's, you know, anything, anything helps. And it's really, it's really great that you're, you're asking people to support because, uh, you know, the, the NHL does get a lot of advantages in terms of some of the marketing that goes on with Movember, and, you know, we're, we're right ahead of, of two NHL teams right now. We're right ahead of, of uh, the Anaheim Ducks, and we're just ahead of the New Jersey Devils for the number one spot on the on the November nhl hockey fights cancer challenge so if we could if we could just keep working on that and if anybody wants to support it is everybody everybody that contributes is a member of our organization now, you know there's no there's no official letter you need to get once you send us money you can take pride in being a part of this so that that's the message that we have
0: to anybody who might be interested all right, and like I said, I'm I'm gonna link all this stuff up uh, in the episode description. If you can give a penny, give a penny. If you can give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, give whatever you can. And Islander fans, listen, how great is that? That that the uh, Mustache Classic is ahead of of the Devils and the Duck and the Ducks. I mean, we, you're an Islander fan. You don't want to fall behind the Devils. You know they're a rival. Let's let's stay ahead of the Devils. And California, come on, let, we got to do better than California. Fortunately, it's a friendly competition. Everybody, all the money's going to a great cause, but it'd be nice to stay on top of those guys. So, uh, so Matt, is there anything else that you'd like to say or did we pretty much cover everything?
1: No, you know, I, I, I don't know if you can reverse order this, but I did want to tell you my, I, my Coliseum Chronicle uh, that I wanted to tell you is about the time that I met Mike Bossy.
0: Oh, go uh, ahead. Don't worry about reverse ordering it. Uh, I don't do much editing, so it'll just be a, a nice story to end it on.
1: Um. Yeah. Um. So one day I was at. It was really inspiring, and I hope I. And I hope this doesn't get taken the wrong way by anybody, the Islanders included, because they've been so fantastic to the Mustache Classic. I am. I take a lot of pride, and let me tell you something, Joe. Not only did the Islanders get involved last year, but the Sound Tigers also got involved last year. Beautiful. So we've gotten we've gotten up and down the line support from the Islanders that's been unbelievable and and so appreciative. But it was a really inspiring moment for me that stuck with me for a long time. It might be a little uh, might be a little controversial, but I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to tell you the story anyway. Um, you know, I was at the Orange and Blue scrimmage one time, and I was walking the hallways. Right after the game had started, I think was I was like sometimes right after the game starts I go grab a beer so I don't have to miss, you know, or a soda or something. I, I don't have to miss too much more after that. And uh, and I get it quickly. So I uh, I come out into the hall and remember it's it's not as full as it as it would be for a regular game. But I come out into the hallways and it's it's totally at least it felt like it was totally empty. Or maybe I was just in the hallways of heaven. But uh, But I was uh, I was walking down and I see this guy and he's kind of I think he's leaning up against the glass doors of the Coliseum exit. And as I get closer and closer to him, I'm like, I I know this guy. And as I get, you know, as I get, you know, closer than COVID rules would allow, uh, I I see that the guy is Mike Bossy and he has he's kind of peculiar he's got one arm kind of out the glass door and the rest of his body is inside and uh you know i approach him real quick and i'm like uh oh excuse me you know you know mr bossy could i could i get a pick with you and he pulls his arm in from outside the door and he's got a cigarette in his hand mm-hmm. and he takes and he takes one more big drag and he blows it all out the door and flicks the cigarette and he goes let's make it quick mm-hmm. and we and we get the picture together and uh you know I, I was just so gassed about it but 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 truthfully it leads to an interesting place where you know i i asked a buddy of mine no longer works in the organization. He used to work in the Islanders organization, but he, he no longer does. I asked a buddy of mine, like, what, what was Bossy's deal? And he said that Bossy had been working in corporate partnerships for a long time and had closed, uh, you know, some significant deals for, you know, the Islanders and with, with some big-time uh, agencies and some big-time companies. So, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I was a writer, I started out as a writer and, and I always felt like, you know, once you turn away from it kind of for good, uh, you know, you kind of turn away from it, but, uh, you know, I started thinking, I was like, I don't know if I did anything in writing that would compare to what Mike Bossy did in the NHL. So, I'm going to kind of get into this new world where I am now, you know, and, uh, you know, I do a lot of do a lot of corporate sponsorships and corporate advertising and stuff. And it was always in the back of my head that Mike Bossy did that and he got into that. And, uh, you know, since I've been doing it, it's been going great. And, and, and the truth is, is that, like, you know, it, it, there, was, there was a bit of an inspiration in that, thinking that, you know, like this guy played in the NHL, he had such a great career and he's such a legend, but you know, he was able to, you know, shift gears into a whole new thing and be real successful at it, you know, without, you know, feeling, you know, I don't know how he felt, but I mean, you know, he seamlessly, it seemed like moved kind of into that role. And, and, uh, and that was inspiring to me, you know, and and meeting him that time and then kind of finding out, you know, that he kind of taken that career path after his playing days I was like you know, I could get into that. I could I could do, advertising and marketing and communications and stuff. So it, it kind of once I adopted that thinking, it's really been going pretty good.
0: Well, that's great, and I think uh, I think anyone that is even remotely an islander fan of a certain age or or that did uh, knows a little bit about those cup teams as soon as you said he had one arm out the door and as soon as you said that he was leaning up against the door i knew exactly what he was doing everybody knows that uh, bossy was a big time smoker and everything like that i think i think he's quit or he or he was i don't know what but i know for a long. everybody knows he was uh, he was a big time smoker but this was a di- you know when he played it was a different time i mean I, you know, people say Gila LaFleur used to smoke in between periods and I'm sure he wasn't alone. So, uh, so it's a different time, but yeah, as soon as you said he was up against the door, I knew, I knew it. And I'm sure a lot of other people knew exactly what he was doing. He, you know, he was smoking yeah. and everything, but it's great because you know what for, for a guy like bossy. And I say this all the time to, to the pro athletes that I talk to. And, um, for a guy like bossy, for him to take, take the minute or two to take a picture with you, it's probably one of maybe a dozen pictures he took that day or 50 pictures he took that day. But he may not realize the impact that meeting him and his story about what he did after he played, what the impact that he had on you and what you're doing going forward. And if you ask him, hey, do you remember taking the picture? He probably wouldn't. I mean, Mike Bossie's probably taking pictures with 10,000 people. But in that moment, it's amazing how each interaction that – someone like a Mike Bossy or a professional athlete has each interaction what happens afterwards and I think the fact that you've taken something like that and you know it helped inspire you to do different things I and mean, that's great to hear absolutely
1: 100%. Yeah it was it was it was really kind of uh, you know it, it was it was enlightening in a lot of ways you know you, you see this guy who's you know bona fide legend of the NHL and now he's doing corporate sponsorships and, and and marketing and stuff like that or you know at least he's putting some of these deals together or working working on them and I was like you know what man that, that could be something good for me you know i mean that that that's something that's kind of evolved uh, a little bit out of the mustache classic to be honest has been you know we, we we you know now now some of these 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 companies want to be a part of this you know boost oxygen wants to be a part of it violent gentlemen Want to be a part of it. Pro Stock Hockey has been fantastic. Uh, You know, it it goes up and down the line. We have Howie's Hockey Tape this year. They're involved. So, you know, uh, I mean, I could could honestly go on and on. You know, the Islanders gave me a bunch of T-shirts to hand out and give away. So it it really has been fantastic. Like, I, I didn't expect much more out of this whole thing then us maybe raising a thousand dollars, you know what I mean. And and, and you know, I I said when we started it, um, that if we raised a thousand dollars for the Mustache Classic for November through the Mustache Classic, that it would have been a huge success. And last year we raised very close to seven, uh, very close to seven thousand dollars. This year we're over twelve thousand dollars. And uh, you know what? It, it, it's baby steps. A lot of good people are, are a part of this. Certainly too many to name. Mm-hmm. Now you're involved and you're, you're, you're part of this. So it's, it's just, it, it's just an amazing thing. You know what I mean? It's uh, and, and that's what I wanted. I, I wanted people to be a part of this. You know what I mean? I wanted, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, there was just, uh, you know, I, I there was just a power greater than me that was driving this whole thing, you know, and uh, I I was behind the wheel certainly. And I just, uh, you know, I, I prayed a lot and I had faith that, that, uh, that, that as long as we kept trying to do a good thing, that that we were gonna that we were gonna grow this thing and i and i hope and i hope other people do their own mustache classic someday and 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 you know if you can't get out here i hope people in alaska try theirs and i hope people in arizona try theirs you know so it's just uh it's just something that we're all trying to get together and do so we might as well you know do it together and and just keep keep growing it together however we
0: can well this year you know i'm i'm very late to the game and trying to help you out this year. Uh, but uh, when there's a Mustache Classic 3, uh, I definitely would like to get more involved, uh, help you out any way I can, uh, get more involved early. But uh, that's next year. And uh, for, for everybody, like I said, the Mustache Classic 2 takes place this Saturday in Danbury. Uh, please uh, check out the links that Matt has, uh, has given you here on the show. Check out the links that I'm going to post in the episode uh, notes here. Uh, give what you can, if at all possible, everybody understands this is a tough time for a lot of people, but, uh, it's a great cause. And, um, uh, Matt, if there's nothing else, man, I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been great having you and best of luck with this, uh, with this event on Saturday.
1: I spoke way, way too much, Joe. Thank, thank you for being so generous. Thank you.
0: Oh man. It was a pleasure having you here. You didn't speak, you didn't speak too much at all. And, uh, it was my pleasure and, uh, You know, everybody, please check this out. I'm going to post the link. Check it out and do what you can. Matt, have a great day, buddy. All right? Joe, thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right. See you later. All right.
1: Bye Take care.